Good morning and welcome to The Breakfast Show. You are listening right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8 or 88, wherever you are right across Australia. And this morning, you are joined by myself, Lawson, and sitting across from me, we have Brett. Hey, Brett. how's it going? Oi, so good. I, I'm so glad that you're in here with us doing radio. We're, we're back again in the new year. You joined us mm. towards the end of last year. But yeah, Brett, how, how's your break been over... Well, I say break because... Well, I mean, everyone has break over Christmas, but you're also a uni student as well. So you've been breaking too from studies <laughs> until they resume in, you know, end of February, beginning of March. How's that yeah. been? Look, it's been really good. I got mm-hmm. to go up to Queensland and see some family, which was really nice. And... um. Yeah, just had a good time. How about you? Oh, that's so good. Yeah, I, I talked about this a, a little bit already. You know, going down to Melbourne, spending some time in Jindabyne as well, traveling around, seeing people, eating good food. Like, I think that's the one thing I can comment on. Like, I definitely, <laughs> I hit the food hard over Christmas. I've put on the Christmas weight, and mm-hmm. I'm just, you know, I, actually, I've, I, you know, went on, went on a bit of a, went on a bike ride yesterday. Been doing some some exercise and and whatnot, and also just trying to to eat healthier during this time especially like we obviously working here on faith fm but until the uh, it's not like a full-time i don't have a full-time load of stuff to do in my life until Mm -hmm. uni starts again so i'm like i'm just i've I've got time to do things time to to hang out time to time to spend life well you know those kinds of things awesome yeah Yeah. need that time now and then i'm a stay-at-home dad most of the time so yeah i look after the kids and Yeah. yeah but um been good that's so awesome that's like one of the best i think when you're studying you've got that flexibility to do some mm. some stay at home things more so and i mean if you have kids like looking yeah. after them during this time that's going to be really special yeah well basically my wife and i swapped she yeah. was a stay-at-home mom i was a teacher and now she's a teacher and i'm a stay-at-home dad while i'm studying so that's powerful <laughs> that's powerful oh that's beautiful hey shout out your family and praise god for them as well coming up in today's show we're going to talk about almost um, extinct animals. We are going to be looking at some things happening in the United States. We're going to be looking at some famous sports stars and athletes. We're going to be doing an amazing interview and continuing our Bible studies through the Psalms. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. And right now, we are going to have our first quiz question for today. Can you give that for us, Brett? Will do. So, the question is, how many plagues did God send to Egypt? Okay, we're starting off chill this morning. starting chill, you know, just one of the easy ones. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Maybe one of the more scary ones also. But how (laughs) many plagues, that question again, how many plagues did God send to Egypt? Hey, if you know the answer to that one, 0491-064-669 is the number to text. Text the number with the correct answer. You'll go into the draw to win our prize for this week, which is the awesome and amazing. I've got it actually. I'm holding it right now. I've got it in front of me. The Wisdom of Solomon board game. Now, from what I can tell from this game, we can talk a little bit more about it. It's it's basically a board game. It's one to five players and or two to five, one to five, two to five. Probably better to play board games with people than without people. Uh, but it's essentially a, a board game where you're expanding the nation of Israel and like building 
the temple and roads and all those kind. I I love this these kinds of board games like expansion. You know uh, those kinds of things where you're building stuff and getting the resources and 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 yeah, it, it looks amazing. Hey, I well I've never played it before, but it looks really really cool, super detailed and in depth, but fun to play with five people well up to five people so hey i know you guys want this it also comes with the promise that maybe one day potentially and i i say this as a maybe because we always promise it but i don't think it's ever happened i we always promise that if you win the prize we will come to where you live and play the game with you but it hasn't happened yet so i feel like i feel like that needs to happen once and then i can be just all the more sure about it but hey like we would we would love to play this with you too hey zero four eight one zero six four six six nine. if you know the answer to that question how many plagues did god send to egypt give us a text in that number and if you text with the right answer you'll go into the draw to win this prize which will be drawn at quarter to nine on friday so you have a week's worth of opportunities to send in correct answers again that number zero four nine one zero six four six six nine send send incorrect answers not like as in send them in please don't send incorrect answers if oh you yeah yeah just, just being sure well but... actually send incorrect answers <laughs> actually, as yeah, well send like answers. send anything if you don't know how many plagues there were in egypt even though it's like a pretty famous story most people know just send in an answer anyway you could be right so yeah. again zero four nine one zero six four six six nine and again you want this amazing awesome prize listening to the breakfast show this morning brett what is happening in the world of positively different news yeah well we've got a couple of stories today the Mm -hmm. first is in the area of cognitive health okay cognitive health so making sure that your hands move and your brain functions and those kinds of brains working properly Yeah. yeah absolutely so um a group a non-profit research group called mass general brigham have just unveiled groundbreaking findings that could be a game changer for cognitive health yeah okay yeah, so um, taking a daily multivitamin, uh, volti- well, multivitamin. Man, I say that word. multivitamin yeah. has been proven to not only boost memory, I think I might need a multivitamin, <laughs> <laughs> but also slow down cognitive aging by an impressive two years. Yep, two years. By two years. Mm. So you're essentially saying that, I guess, by taking multivitamins every day, mm. uh, by the end of your life, you've stacked up about two years' worth of cognitive health that yeah. you've, you've just got to burn before, you know, and obviously when, as people get older, you know, their struggles with with memory and their struggles mm. with cognitive health and, you know, usually some kinds of diseases, like whether it's Alzheimer's yeah. or dementia or whatever it may be, come on at that time, taking multivitamins staves that off for a couple mm. of years. Yeah, and two years might not sound like much, but that's still a decent boost. They um they yeah, trialed the multivitamin against a placebo, which people were told was a multivitamin, ah. just to see if these things were a bit of a, you know, there's always the idea that some of these vitamins and stuff, they might not be that helpful. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, they did this extensive um, testing of mm-hmm. both people. Uh, it was 5,000 participants um, on, on both sides. And um, yeah, over that two-year period, they tested them, went to see how they were, and um, yeah, definitely... <laughs> Especially in elderly people, the improvement was pretty dramatic. Man, in having a multivitamin. So I, I got to get on this. Hey, I'm I'm like a little bit of a. I wouldn't say I'm anti, but I've never really been into taking supplements unless I've like needed them because I've been drastically low in a level of you know health, whether it's iron or B12 or vitamin C or something like that. I'll take something. Uh, like what often happens to me is I'll take like a supplement for it and then I'll bounce back quite quickly and then I'll be like, okay, I don't need to take this anymore. Yeah. Uh, I, I, but 
so I've always kind of viewed taking multivitamins and those kinds of things as like something that, ah, oh, like, I guess it would be good for you, but I'm already kind of feeling healthy, so I'm yeah. all right. But if they're saying that it actually improves cognitive health, and I could imagine that, like, your cognitive health improving and having two years of, you know, great cognitive health versus bad cognitive health it probably throughout that time you're probably better off as well like yeah. it, it, it probably not just lead to oh two years more at the end of your life but mm. just better results during your life too yeah yeah well a lot of surveys have shown that this cognitive stuff is like one of the big biggest concerns of people especially in their later years yeah absolutely and um you know so just knowing that you can help that a little bit with these things is a pretty good idea mm. um, yeah, yeah absolutely man yeah i i can see at the moment in in my in my own family i my grandparents on my dad's side have both passed away like they were my dad was like nine out of ten so who he was they were a bit older when they had him and so i, I think my, my grandfather my grandmother passed away when i was like three my grandfather when i was like i think nine something like that uh but on my my, on my mum's side, I still have both my grandparents, but I can, well, uh, grand, you know, uh, pop at the moment. He's in the, he's, he's in the wars a little bit with, with dementia and whatnot because yeah. he's, he's in his late eighties. He's about to, about to eclipse 90, you know, and that, that's just usually the way it goes. So man, I think that this is definitely a good advice for yeah. people in those kinds of places where it's like, because he, I, I'm, I'm seeing him like, he's still, he's still okay, but He's now they're they're very much downsizing and whatnot because they're like, oh, can't get around the house, can't really travel yeah. into the city, you know, gets lost easy, that kind of thing. Yeah. So man, I, I feel like this is a well, this is a fantastic solution to give them yeah. something at this time. Yeah, even just to stave off that mm. stuff for a little while, you know, mm. you never know what might help. Mm, absolutely. Um, our next story though. Um, is a really exciting one, I thought. Um, if you've mm. got any nature enthusiasts out there, you're gonna love this one. Oh, love nature. Yeah. Well, uh, the Woylies are making a comeback. So, okay. those, yeah, give give us some outline of what this what this is a Woylie. So they're these little marsupials. Mm-hmm. Um, they're native to Western Australia. Sure. And um, they basically I googled them beforehand because I'd never heard of them either. Mm. And they basically look like something between like a mouse and a kangaroo. They're like they they, they get to a, a max weight of about one point two kilos. Uh-huh. So they're like these tiny little things, very cute probably. Wow. I've seen one in real life, but that's because um, in the uh, Perth area, uh, three hours south of Perth, mm. where there was a little community of them left, their community actually dwindled down to two. To two, which is you know obviously very precarious. They're, yeah. they're in a very dangerous situation. Um, but the latest monitoring, ABC reports, has brought incredible news. Um, there was a WA government wildlife recovery program, mm. um, and from just the two in 2019, the count has now risen to 34. Mm. So we're seeing a comeback of this this species, this species that's really struggled. There is another uh, breed of them that is also endangered further up north, and mm. I think they're planning on doing a little bit of um, you know uh, crossbreeding of the two species to try to uh, diversify the gene mm. pool, so to speak. But... Um, yeah, no, it's really exciting to know that this nearly extinct native Australian animal is making a comeback. Yeah, absolutely. This is fantastic news, and I can imagine these things are super cute, like a tiny kangaroo. Just, I love kangaroos already. I think they look cool. I mean, there is uh, some need at times to to call them, and you know, reduce their numbers, particularly during drought and whatnot, because they just grow, like their population just grows and grows and grows and grows, and and they just chase food and and whatnot. But simultaneously, I think that kangaroos are like so cool 
Like imagine, like like shout out my New Zealanders, but being representative represented by a Kiwi, I'm like that's kind of lame compared to a kangaroo. Like kangaroos are cool, that's man. It. But uh, to have like a cute small kangaroo, like a mini one. And dude, WA yeah. has like the quokkas as well. So yeah. dude, they're, just, they're winning the cute Australian animal. Yeah, yeah. Right, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> are there many koalas out? Because koalas are also cute. I just. Australia is blessed with all kinds. Really like are. we have a diverse range of animals from from like literally the cutest animals on the planet to the cruelest and most evil, awful animals on the planet. But you know we're blessed. You know mm. God, God has blessed us with so much, and it's great yeah. to hear that they're bouncing back. Conservation was one of our first God, uh, first jobs given to us by God. Yeah. So when we can live up to those ideals and yeah. be there for animals, and these these things. animals especially, they're they're really good at they're really good for the ecosystem they aerate yeah. the soil when they're looking for food they spread seeds oh, so it's um, good for everybody amazing them, hey shout out western australia's looking after little <laughs> wheelies out there you're listening to the breakfast show podcast on faith fm positively different can you get us our next quiz question please brett mm. yeah well the next uh question is what was the first prophecy Mm-hmm. First prophecy, and we've actually got um, four options to pick from. It's multiple yes, choice. multiple choice. So the first one is uh, A, the end of the age, B, victory over Satan of the seed of the woman, C, the second coming of Christ, or D, the destruction of the temple. So just to go over that again, what was the first prophecy? A, the end of the age, B, victory over Satan of the seed of the woman, C, the second coming of Christ, or D, the destruction of the temple. Oh, Good, good answers. I mean, well, good options there, guys. You're going to have to turn your thinking brains on there, 0491-064-669. Of course, to answer this one correctly, you can just text in A, B, C, or D, and you will go, if you have the correct answer, that will be another entry into the draw, or a first entry into the draw, to win the Wisdom of Solomon, the board game, which we want to give you absolutely for free. I love playing board games, dude. I love playing Mm. board games, I love playing card games and i i particularly like this there's two types of board games i like i like board games like this which look like so you guys are playing together and you're you're working together as appointed governors to assist king solomon in oh. expanding his kingdom but then I think I also really like the board games like Mafia and whatnot, where you're doing yeah. like deduction and you're working out like who's lying that's and that kind of stuff. That's that, that's one. that's that's really cool. That that kind of reminds me. I, I've I've always thought this is my board game idea. Hmm. Coming up with a version of of Mafia where you're like the the governors working for King Nebuchadnezzar Ooh. in the time when you know like Daniel two <laughs> and then it's the vision and and they're all giving kind of. Not good advice while Daniel is giving advice from God. Ooh, very I, cool. I would I would love to make like a mafia version where it's like you're trying to work out who's giving true advice and yeah. who's not giving true advice. So just just some just some stuff floating around in my brain. I love okay. playing board games, you know, and to to make some cool Christian board games that would be that'd be awesome. But yeah. hey, this is the wisdom of Solomon. It's a great Christian board game. Again, that number is zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. And those options again. What was the first prophecy? A uh, the end of the age, B, the victory over Satan in the seat of the woman, C, the destruction, uh, the second coming of Christ, or D, the destruction of 
the temple. Uh, you're listening to The Breakfast Show. So send us in 0491-064-669, which answer you think is correct. You are listening to The Breakfast Show here on Faith FM. I've got a couple of stories to talk about. Firstly, the March for Life in the United States that has just taken place. Well, obviously, March for Life very much linked to to pro life causes mm. and actually it's their 51st march so it was actually it was actually enacted as a response to Roe v Wade originally coming yeah. in 1973 oh. and has continued through to the overturning of Roe v Wade which was last year so yeah. and it's basically well. on the 50th anniversary of Roe v Wade it was overturned and this march has been going all the way through now for those who do not know Roe v Wade was the decision in the Supreme Court of the United States to make abortion a fundamental right according to the mm. Privacy Act of um, yeah their their constitution and the overturning of Roe versus Wade was to essentially say that, that abortion wasn't in the scope of mm. the Privacy Act and uh, here at Faith FM we are Christians who are pro the Bible and I think yeah. being pro the pi- Bible. It definitely leads you to a place where you you come to a conclusion about the sanctity of life uh, and that life is special and it's precious, uh, you know, both post and pre-birth. And But what I really love about this article that I was reading about is talking about the different groups represented at this particular march in the United States. And these different groups, like, for example, like, you know, pro, pro-life pro Students Association, and uh, you have some other, you know, organizations there as well. Uh, the president of March for Life Education and Defense Fund, uh, just a bunch of these different groups who are, who are getting together and meeting pretty much all of them are let out actually by women and one of the things that you that was a part of this kind of press release that they did and this article that they did was sharing or or overcoming the narrative that being pro-life is simultaneously being anti-woman but rather you know really making it clear to people that hey no we are a pro-woman movement Uh, we're a pro-woman movement we're a pro-baby movement and a huge part of their work as pro-life people is coming up with solutions like pregnancy centers where they support women who are in need, who are pregnant, which I, this is something that I've said on the breakfast show before and that we're very much about is that one of the key ways to actually uh, bring an end to abortion is to support women. Yeah, to offer support because at the end of the day, um, nobody is trying to force people to take care of a baby they don't want to because that's going to be a toxic situation. Mm. Instead, the idea is to support people to find the right help they need. Yeah. So to spare that life, to save that beautiful life. That's absolutely yeah. yeah. We we want to people to be good parents, and yeah. rather whether whether that is a person in a vulnerable situation who through support can be a good parent, or in a in a different way where the the baby needs to to go somewhere else. But we yeah, are sort of we are rate. we are definitely for those options because we believe mm. in the sanctity of life and we believe um, that that's, that's the best option and it's the way to go. And it's so interesting. Like I coming from a secular background, have lots of secular family and you the same as yeah, well, Brad. And, and these conversations have, have come up and it's interesting in my family where it's kind of been like, you know, coaxed out of me a little bit because I have wanted to be a bit tactful and go like, oh, what do I really want to say about this? Particularly, I come from a family with three sisters and yeah. and so there's always kind of question marks surrounding that. And I remember just, just having conversations with my sisters 
about this recently and it was when Roe versus Wade was overturned. And they're like, Lawson, what do you think? And it was kind of a, it was like a, it was, it was a moment for me where I was like, okay, I, I need to be honest about what I think. Yeah. But having those honest, honest conversations with one of my sisters and, and her response just being like, wait, so you're pro-life, but you don't hate women. Yeah. And I was like, yes. She's like, huh, oh, okay. Like, because the narrative that's been shared to them, you know, it's like, oh, if people are pro-life, well, they actually just want to control women and they want to yeah. force women to go through pregnancy and da 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 It's awful propagandizing when you think of it. That's the, right. The image that's been painted of people who just want to protect the life of mm. unborn babies yeah. or, or recently born babies, um, as the case may be. Um, yeah, there's this stereotype that they're like actually doing it because they're these misogynists who want women to be like sort of back in the house, you know, mm. looking after babies and doing nothing else. Mm. Pretty much no pro-life person I've met thinks that. Yeah, I can't absolutely. think of anyone. Absolutely. So, you know. So, yeah, we're all for supporting women as well. As well we know this is a touchy subject. 131114 is the lifeline number. And we're also not in the position to judge people who have gone through you know, that process. Everyone has a past. But we can also agree. We can, we can look at something that is objectively, from, from our perspective, not good, uh, yeah. something that is not according to God's plan. We can look mm. at that. We can say, we can be honest about what it is and we can say, okay, well, let's try and change for yeah. the future. Hey, uh, I just want to share a story as well. Uh, the name Stephanie Rice was a name that at the end of the 2000s, uh, well, yeah, the, the, yeah, the, the noughts, uh, was ubiquitous in Australia mm. because of her achievements in the swimming pool, of course, the Beijing Olympics, where she won three gold medals and got a world record in every single race that she was in. Uh, this was the super suit era of swimming as well at that time. It was a little bit controversial because of that, that these these swimmers were actually similar to the super suit era of running that came uh, in the, in the, at the 2000 Olympics. In the 2008 Olympics, you had the super suit era of swimming now stephanie rice would go on and, and win three gold medals and become an australian icon and now an inductee into the australian sports hall of fame uh, but it's amazing to see recently on her instagram according to her instagram a couple weeks ago uh about a month ago now she has given her life to god yeah, and been baptized and is publicly proclaiming her faith in Jesus mm. and following God and the change that that's made in her life and the peace that that's brought about. Now, it is interesting to see in the comments um, some very Australian takes, I think. Some <laughs> some really like, yeah. like you don't need to believe in something that doesn't exist. Believe in yourself. Like, And I say this is Australian because we are so secular and mm. I know that this is a lot of people's... Like, like in, I think... There are always people in, in all sorts of countries everywhere who are maybe atheist or don't believe in God. But here in Australia, you know, for an Australian sports icon to do this, the, the comments were quite split for a while. But now just seeing like in yeah. on her Instagram post, just support flooding in for her and her decision, which is which is great. But yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's just this one comment. It's like, you, you don't need to believe in something that doesn't exist. Believe in yourself. And I'm sure you have a great family and friends that can help you with hard times. God is not helping with all the wars in the world and hasn't helped with half of my family dying of cancer. Wow. Or is that what God wants? Born against are the worst from experience. So this is someone commenting on her post mm. saying like, 
hey, this is actually a terrible decision. This is this is yeah. dumb and God is awful and, and whatnot. And bringing up often, you know, it, and I think it, it ultimately represents a misunderstanding about Christianity, um, about the character of God and about the nature of sin as yeah. well and and who God the is and what he's trying to do. that the devil has made, I think, is mm. pretending that he doesn't exist. Mm. You know, and then everybody says, well, God's either making good things happen to me or bad things happen to me. And yeah, absolutely. he must be this... this this crazy guy who's just raining down punishments for no good reason. Nothing could be further from the truth about God's character. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And it, because we see a God who's actually responding to the evil that is being self-inflicted on the world from mm. a different influence, God loving the world, giving, you know, humanity and the universe choice, mm. him responding to this and actually, you know, trying to work to solve these problems and bring these problems to an end rather than cause them. Yeah. But yeah, it's just a beautiful story when people who are of such profile and, and fame mm. make the decision that, hey, no, I'm going to represent Christ in, in my position. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Joe, by myself, Lawson, got Brett in the studio as well. Uh-huh. Brett, can you give us our next quiz clue? Yeah, so where did Jesus turn water into wine? Ah. Where in the world? So where did Jesus turn water into wine? It was not the Barossa Valley. No, um, <laughs> it wasn't the Hunter Valley either. No, no, no. <laughs> Nowhere here in Australia. It was, it was definitely somewhere in the Middle East. Yes. If you know where that is. Yeah, is. We're not looking for the word wedding. We know that it was at a wedding. We want, we want to know the location. Oh, good, yes. good thoughts. I, in the world. I would place? have wrote it wedding. If I was answering that, I would have been like, at a wedding. No. Yeah. Hey, 0491 064669. Yes. we're looking for a specific town too, so don't say like Roman province of Judea. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere in the Middle East, question yes. mark. We're not looking at that. That would not wet, uh, net you any points or any entries towards our amazing prize for this week, mm. the Wisdom of Solomon, an epic board game, which we want to give to you absolutely for free. The only way you can win it is to get into the draw, and the only way to get into the draw is to answer questions correctly at 0491 But look, there's no harm in just, just writing answers. Guys, just, just pump them in. Guys, 0491 is the number to text. Where did Jesus turn water into wine? You're listening to The Breakfast Show here on Faith FM. And right now, joining us on the phone, we have none other than Pastor Justin Lawman to give us our weekly update on politics and prophecy. Justin, are you there with us? Hi, Lawson. How are you going today, mate? Oh, yeah. I'm kicking goals, man. I'm are up, you? up early on a Monday morning, you know, living <laughs> living my best life. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't, I have nothing really to complain about. Well, how about yourself? Are you well? Um, I think so. Yeah. Uh, it was a big weekend. I got home at six o'clock last night. So, oh. um, Oh, yep. But I'm really glad to be talking to you. And as is Michael with you today. Brett. So. We've Brett. got Brett. Brett. <laughs> Sorry, Brett. <laughs> Only a few letters off. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> Brett. I don't think I've met Brett. But, uh, oh, nice, to meet you, nice to meet you on the radio, brother. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. So politics and prophecy. Okay. You've got a bit of, bit, bit, bit foggy bit from a late with. night. But hey, there's so much going on that I'm sure you won't forget. Mm. Uh, what's taking well, place around the world? I, I actually want to talk about something that you guys may not be aware of. There's oh. a lot to be aware of at the moment, mm-hmm. but there's some some fishermen are about to change the world. 
case, some fishermen, all right? Yes. Uh, fishermen are about to change the world. Magnus Monster, finally. Oh. No. <laughs> Just kidding. It's happened before. It's happened before. Uh, but this is a bit different to the New Testament. So sure. there's a massive uh, case in the Supreme Court of the United States mm-hmm. right now that mm-hmm. the judges have de- they're deciding on. Mm-hmm. They've guaranteed us a decision by June, and it is a game changer. Okay. So, in, in regards to, is it relating to the world of fishing? It, kind of. <laughs> so, here it is. Here it is. So, it's called the Chevron case that was mm-hmm. decided 40 years ago, where it, when the when the law isn't absolutely clear, it 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 determined this court case that it's up to the government agency just to make a call. Mm. And what's happened is government agencies have started to make laws and enforce those laws that were not created by the Congress, the the place it should happen. Mm. And what, what that means is that, the, the federal government of the United States has just blown out and become a fourth branch of government that was never in the Constitution. And that has meant we get a deep state. We get this uh, all-powerful government agency that's not elected and it's not accountable. And what this agency did in the mm. era of fishing um, – I've forgotten the actual name of the agency but it deals with fishermen. They said from now on, every fishing boat has to have an observer sitting with them counting the fish so you can make sure we, you're paying all the right taxes. Oh, wow. And, yeah, don't, don't overreach. So uh, what the fishermen have done is gone to court, and the, this is digs into far broader than just the fishermen. This is the... The fourth branch now that has been uh, – it's been controlling everything for 40 years mm. of, mm. of the federal government, and it looks like because of the makeup of the Supreme Court that uh, the fishermen are going to win. Mm. And that's going to take away the powers of the federal government in a way that we haven't seen yeah. in a long time. Wow. Interesting. Yeah, that's incredible. So, like, if if this power is taken away and there isn't this overreach from the government, I'm sure that the only industry affected isn't just fishing, but it's it's far-reaching. Mm. Well, it, it gives the voice back to the voter because mm-hmm. what's so frustrating is the voter will, we elect this person because we want them to stop spending money and get us out of this ridiculous debt. And they mm. seem powerless to do that, even though they're good people, they're promised, and, and we can't, no one can understand why when we elect these people, aren't they doing what we want them to do? Because mm. actually they have lost their power as elected officials. So mm. what this does effectively, if the court goes this way, and it seems absolutely overwhelming they're going to, mm. it gives the voice back to the people. Mm. And we've been talking every week that there's this big fight between the globalist side of world politics, mm. the Klaus Schwab, World Economic Forum mm. side, mm. Uh, the Federal government of the U.S. is very much a part of that team. And on the other side, we have the populists, the nationalists, what I call the angry mob. Mm. The globalists are the bully. 
the angry mob is getting angrier by the day, and that's your Trump side of politics. Mm. That's your that's your grassrootsy stuff. Mm. This will give the Trumpian grassroots side massive power mm. if this court case gets decided this way in June. It will uh, it will change the balance of power, and it's pushing the world more and more to this populist nationalist future that I'm saying is going to play a massive role in Bible prophecy at the end of time. The the angry mob, mm. uh, like on the day Jesus is crucified, you know, Pilate's there as the, uh, the official appointed by the government saying, hey, this guy shouldn't be crucified. This is, what are you doing? Mm. We, you know, let one of them go, who do you want? Give us Barabbas, they say. The angry mob doesn't always think logically, and I think that's the the world that we're quickly moving into. Yeah, and that mob can often be rallied through what seems to be good causes initially, you know, like to fight against government overreach and things like that, I, which can be... I'm with them. I'm cheering on the sidelines, yeah. but mm. um, I can see that that doesn't... Yeah, as you're pointing out, um, you know, some very bad people started out with good causes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm thinking of, I've been listening to a History of Rome podcast recently. Yeah. And um, I've been thinking about Julius Caesar a little bit and how he, he did that. You know, he, he rallied the people against genuine institutional corruption. But then he, in a sense, corrupted it further by giving himself absolute power. Made, and made himself so much worse. Trajectory. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the Republic was uh, was done. And that this is the age in which we're living. We're living in a tremendous time. So the, the elections rolling forward, I should just give a big sweep of mm. what's happening in, in the U.S. politics. So Trump won Iowa in a – well, it's a record. It's never been that high for one candidate. Mm which gives us an indication of how the, the public are feeling. Now, we're about to get New Hampshire in the next day or so, and it's a bit different. Um, Haley, Nikki Haley, mm. is is much more likely to go strong in this one because they're allowing Democrats and independents to vote in the Republican uh, primary. Wow. So you, you're only supposed to have Republicans vote in a Republican primary and the Democrats in a Democrat primary. Sure. That's how the US works. A bit different to us. Mm. Uh, that now there's Joe Biden isn't, there's no one technically, there's some, but there's really no one going against him because the, the Democratic party won't allow anyone to. Mm. So there's no opportunity for them and they, hate Trump with a capital H. Mm. They, they proper hate him. So it's very likely that they're going to come in and try and support Nikki Haley to beat Trump out of that nomination. But it's only in New Hampshire that this happens. Mm. So wow. I'm if Trump still wins New Hampshire, this is tomorrow or the day after, um, if he still wins that, it's over. It's Trump's got the nomination. Mm. The Super, Super Tuesday is not till March, mm. and so that we have this sort of almost a month gap um, before we get any other these um, primaries happening in different states. All the states do this. 
And Trump's going to wipe the floor, is my prediction. DeSantis has dropped out now, too. Did you hear that? Ooh. Yeah, uh, and and it's a the, he's run out of money, and and he can't. Nikki can't. DeSantis can't. No one can beat Trump. Yep. So yeah. it's, it's just a waste. Of, it's now it's a waste of money, and it's, um, it's, it's unfortunate because I think that Nikki could actually win if she. I mean, because she'd get a lot of women votes. She'd get a lot of um, things. The Republican, the Republican grassroots, your your MAGA, your Trump guys will never vote for Nikki. That's the Mm. problem. Nikki represents the globalists. She's into all these foreign wars, and she's that side, and Mm. they don't like her. She's a political establishment, but also she's a little bit. are softer on a lot of the culture war issues, which a lot Correct. of the, uh, she's the, not a the genuine conservative because the yeah the culture wars yeah. are a big thing right now. All this is going on while the Middle East um, over the weekend Israel bombed um, up into the north into um, oh Lebanon mm. and they killed four Iranian uh, Republic guards there. They're, elite soldiers, so they were being very targeted and they're chasing Iranians in Lebanon. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Houthi thing going on, they've lost two Navy SEALs at sea that were trying to board an Iranian vessel to stop it delivering military arms to Yemen. Uh, These Navy SEAL, one of them, it was terrible, uh, rough sea apparently, They've once fallen climbing up the ladder and his his fellow Navy SEAL bravely dived in to help mm-hmm. and neither of them have been seen again. Oh, which well. is um really and these are these are elite of the elite. They're millions and millions of dollars in go into developing one of these SEALs. So we mm. yeah, we hope they're still alive and everything's going well, but it's not looking good for them. Um the NATO NATO is really talking in ways that are worrying to me. Mm. they Ukraine is an unmitigated disaster mm. and Russia is just keeping on coming. So the rest of Europe now is in a bit of a panic. And if Trump wins the election, that changes that balance big time for NATO because they will not be pouring money in there like they have been under Biden. So there's a lot of big global things going on. It's my prediction, purely mine, that we are going to see a war sometime this year mm, in no. the Middle East. And uh, I hope I'm wrong. Yeah. I hope I'm wrong. Well, I know Iran has tensions with Pakistan at the moment as well, so that might preclude them from <laughs> dedicating their forces in Israel. That's the hope, but... I guess we'll yeah, see what it, happens. Isn't it, isn't it an amazing coincidence that all of a sudden Pakistan and them are getting into it? So yeah. a lot yeah. of stuff going on in the world. And then the 91 criminal charges against Trump, uh, it's they're all falling over. Remarkably, they're falling over. Mm. Um, the special counsel, Smith, it looks like his stuff's going to be after the election now in November, and Fanny Willis has got so much trouble that she might end up in jail herself. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like because of what they've discovered about she's paid her boyfriend, as it turns out, who was a married man, um, 
$650,000 where the other attorneys more qualified have got about 70000 and 90000 each. And she's gone on trips and holidays with him. So it's it's really turning into a mess, all this uh, warfare, the uh, lawfare against Trump. So, yeah, that's how it stands this morning. Uh, Jesus is coming soon. Mm. Praise the Lord. And get to know your Bible now. Get to know your Bible because that's what's going to see you through. That's right. Fingers are being pointed all throughout politics and and, and geopolitical conflicts and whatnot. Yeah. But let's point to Jesus at this time. He is our only hope. Hey, Justin, thank you so much for joining us this morning and giving us insight into these topics, politics and prophecy. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.